I need to tell you about the day that busyness almost robbed me of joy. I've developed a bit of a routine uh, this year. Wednesdays is coffee day. After I enjoy chapel here at the academy in the morning, then after that, I head out and go to the coffee shop. I enjoy some, some drip, some pour-over, espresso, and then I try to knock out a lot of work as I'm enjoying the, the coffee shop atmosphere. And so if you are finding yourself, it's great to be there. It's great for me to try and meet people in community that way as well. And so yes, if you have to make your caffeine pit stop between 9.30 and 11.30 a.m. on a Wednesday morning, more than likely you will see me sitting there at Bean Here, here in Siena. But this story isn't about my caffeine addiction. It's really about what happened after that, this past Wednesday. So very often when I come back to campus after being out of the coffee shop and, and I get back to the office, as I'm walking into the building, I notice that there are several of the academy's middle school students, 6th, 7th, and 8th graders, playing basketball out on the outdoor basketball hoop. And almost always there's a thought that pops into my head and says, I should go over there and play. But immediately after that thought, there's another thought that pops into my head. I'm too busy. Whatever it is that day, whatever's pressing on my agenda that week, whatever has me busy, I know if I go and I play, you know, just interact, connect with those kids in a different way, help build some relationships in a different environment than they normally see me, not in the classroom, not in my office, but in a, in a different way. But if I do that, then I won't have time to study or call or write or prepare, or whatever is most pressing on my agenda that day. But this past Wednesday was different. I don't know why. Maybe it's because of the current sermon series that we're in. Maybe it's because of a, a book that I borrowed that I'm reading to help me prepare for this sermon series. I don't really know why, but I pushed aside that part of my mind, my brain that said, I'm too busy, I'm in too big of a hurry. I pushed that aside, and, and I guess I led with, with my heart that was saying, let's do this. I set my work down, I went outside, I played basketball with the middle school kids. And I can't tell you whether or not they thought that was cool I can't tell you what it meant to them. I, I, I can't tell you, you know, how much, how important it was for them. I, I think they had fun. I think they enjoyed it. It looked like they were excited that I played with them, but I don't know. But I can tell you what it meant for me. Because I enjoyed it. And it gave me fuel and energy for the rest of my day that my coffee had failed to deliver. And yes, my, my shirt and tie were pretty sweaty and gross afterwards. 
But that was actually a form of rest for me. And no, I don't want you to think that your pastor just spends every single day out at recess all the time. But I think it was good. And imagine the simple joy that I would have missed out on if I had allowed busyness and hurry to control my life. But what are the simple joys that you miss out on because busyness and hurry control your life? Do you miss out on those joys because you're too busy? Are you in too big of a hurry to see God and to notice his presence in your life? As I shared, I asked to borrow a book to help me with this Rest of God sermon series. Uh, The name of the book is called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And the author, John Mark Comer, he shares that Corrie ten Boom, a Christian who survived the Holocaust, she once said that if the devil can't make you sin, he'll make you busy. He also quotes this psychologist, Carl Jung, who said, hurry is not of the devil, hurry is the devil. Is hurry a part of your experience? Do you ever find yourself in a rush? A a rush to get out the door, a a rush to get the next thing checked off your checklist so you can get through all of the things that you have planned for yourself on that day? A rush to get the next project completed? That rush that makes you annoyed and aggravated when you got to sit at the, the red stoplight? That, that rush when you're following Google or Siri's directions so that you can get to your destination as quickly as you possibly can? Are you too busy to stop? Too busy to relax? Too busy to slow down? What's your go-to response when somebody asks you that question, how are you doing? Good, but busy. How, how's your week been? Busy. You know, I reflected this last couple of weeks as several different people were asking me how my Christmas was. Do you know my answer? Busy. And the, the world that we live in, I mean, it just creates a hurried pace to our life. This busy schedule that we all find, in, find ourselves in. But I want to ask you, is this busyness, is this hurry, is it, is it good? And I don't want you to think whether it's good for your productivity, whether it's good for your career, whether it's good for 
your family? Not yet, anyway. We'll get to that. Not even if it's good for the mission of the church and Jesus' mission on earth, but I want you to ask, is all this busyness and all this hurry, is it good for your soul? Or does that hurried pace in life, does that busyness sometimes keep you from enjoying the presence of God in your life? Does it keep you from enjoying those simple joys that God has prepared for you? You know, technology, the modern conveniences that we have, those things that we enjoy, they have made speed the norm in our world and in our lives. And slow is seldom seen as a positive. But maybe, maybe our souls need slow. Maybe they need to stop sometimes. To find what's missing. If I asked any of you if you wanted to enjoy the presence of God in your life, I think you would shout out with a resounding yes! So today, I invite you to stop, to slow down, relax, eliminate hurry, and find the rest that God offers to experience His presence and the joy in the things that he has created for us. And so Psalm 46 verse 10, it gives us this incredible piece of advice. In fact, God himself, he literally says to you, be still. God says, slow down. Relax. Let those hands of yours that are trying to hold up your world, trying to accomplish everything that you want to accomplish, he says, let them let them fall to your side. In fact, the, the same word, it's used in other contexts for weakness or feebleness. And now God, he isn't commanding you here to, to be weak or to be feeble, but maybe sometimes it's important for us to surrender. to let go of everything that we try to control, all the outcomes that we're trying to, to fix. Maybe sometimes it's important for us to just be still. And as cliche as this is going to sound, to just be in the moment. To be in that moment focused on what's right in front of you, the people that are right in front of you, the gifts of God that are right in front of you, His own grace in each moment. And this also is part of Sabbath, this rest that God has for us. Be still and know that I am God. God wants us to know and to trust in his authority, his rule, his reign, so that you can be still. Stillness comes into your life when you are able to recognize that you are completely safe and secure in what Jesus has done for you, in his, 
incredible forgiveness. It's building on that foundation that we laid last week, that you recognize that you don't need to earn God's grace and God's favor, but you already have it. And so you can be still. You know that he wants to provide good for you in your life. He wants you to enjoy. And so it's God's grace in Jesus that allows you to be still. You know what's really interesting? If you were to read the rest of Psalm 46, if you were to open up your Bible right now and you were to look at all the verses that surround this one where God tells us to be still, you would find this language of war and battles. You would hear about bows being broken and and shattered spears. You would read about how the the seas, when they rage, and, and when the mountains quake, that we don't have to be afraid because the psalm points us to our Lord Almighty, the Lord of angel armies, the God of Jacob. It says he is our, our fortress, the refuge that we can seek. And I think for some of us, that makes it easier. That makes it easier to be still. You know, when the hurricane threatens, it it threatens your home, it threatens to cut off the power and your access to clean water, and maybe even threatens your own life itself. When you find yourself in trouble, Sickness and disease, they strike your body. You feel the aches and the pains of aging. You feel the weakness of the bodies that we have here in this world. When a collision occurs. When you question how you're going to provide for your family because you've just lost your job And you don't know how you're going to maintain the standard of living that you're used to. When the economy tanks, when all these things surround us and there's chaos around us, I think then it's easier. Not that that situation is easy. Those, of course, are incredibly difficult, hard, painful situations for us to go through. But it's easier for us to be still. Because in those situations, eventually, you find out that there is nothing that you can do. There is nothing that you have the power to control or to fix. And so we're forced into this stillness. We're forced to rely on God and and trust in His power, trust that He's going to be at work in that situation. And we have the wonderful, incredible promises of our God through Jesus that He will that he will work all things out for our good, that he will be present. And we trust in his power. And so in Jesus Christ, then we know I am God's dear child. He will never leave me. And as he strengthens you, you know that he is God. And we come out of 
those kinds of situations, when, when you've walked through the trial and the fire, how often don't you come out and you say, man, I could really see the hand of God at work in that situation. I could feel God's presence, even in all of the pain, even in all of the suffering that I went through, but I knew God was with me. But what happens when no hurricane threatens? When you're healthy and you're strong and your career is going well and you are enjoying it and you thrive on it and sure, you're working long hours and you talk about how you need more time in the week and everything else, but you love it because you're achieving and you're successful What about those moments when your whole system of life, it just seems to be flowing? Might it be that in that climate, in that experience, then it's harder for us to be still? It's harder for us to stop and to allow God to be exalted in our life? Is it harder then to seek out that Sabbath rest? To find that that place of quiet and, and just be? Because there's too much that you need to do. Too much good that's going on in your life. But what would happen if you stopped to see what was missing? If you took the time to be still And if you trusted God even to be God in and over every single moment of your life, what would you discover if you recognize that God, he actually wants you to live out the experience that's described in Psalm 23? That your Savior Jesus, he desires to lead you by quiet waters. That he desires to allow you to lie down and rest in green pastures. To rest knowing that your good shepherd is watching over you the whole time. That he wants to guide you at his pace. That he wants to prepare a banquet of his goodness to lay before you so that you can enjoy it. I want you to think about that language, what I shared with the the children this morning. God wants to prepare this table, lay this banquet before us. When you're in a hurry, you scarf down your sandwich because you only got five minutes to eat and then you got to be on to the next thing. What happens? You don't taste it. You, You don't enjoy it. Now, when you're younger, or maybe still now, and you got the peas or the broccoli or the Brussels sprouts on your plate, what do you do if you don't like the taste? You shovel those things in your mouth and chew them up as fast as you can and swallow as hard as you can. Get it done over with as quickly as possible because you don't have to taste it then. But what happens... When you have that perfectly seasoned 
perfectly seared filet mignon on your plate. How do you eat that? Slowly cut one piece at a time. And as you put it in your mouth, you're not chomping that thing down. You are slowly chewing, savoring all of the flavors. You're letting it marinate in your mouth so that you can enjoy every piece of that steak. God tells you he wants you to taste and see that he is good. God wants you, he invites you to savor his goodness. To savor the blessings that he has prepared before you in your life. Don't rush by it. Are you so busy scarfing down this life that you haven't savored the Lord's goodness? No, God invites you in that psalm, he invites you to have your soul restored. Soul restoration takes time. It takes that time to be with God and in his word. God invites you to trust that when he shepherds you, you lack nothing. So you don't have to work so hard. You don't have to push so hard. You don't have to be so busy and in such a hurry. But you can practice Sabbath rest because you know who God is when you are still. So I promised you practical things. And so here's my encouragement, here's my challenge for you this week. As you look ahead at the next week to carve out some time, carve out some time to spend unhurried time to be present. To be present with God and his word. To take time out of your day, out of your week, in personal prayer and devotion. And for each and every one of you, it's going to look different. You're going to find a different time. Maybe it's first thing in the morning. Maybe it's before you go to bed at night. Maybe it's when you take that, that 15 or that 30-minute walk, but you leave your phone behind. You're not listening to the podcast or the music. You're just present with God in his world, reflecting on what he's done for you. Spend unhurried time with God. And spend unhurried time with your family. To do whatever it is that your family loves to do together, but without worrying about what's next, what, what needs to get done, what needs to be accomplished that week, what you aren't going to get to because you're taking that time to just enjoy the people with whom God has surrounded you. Spend unhurried time with your family and spend unhurried time in service to others. To reflect the love of Christ in those that he has placed before you that you may serve. In the foreword to that book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, John Orberg, he introduces the book and he writes this. He says, So in these pages lies the great invitation. Take a deep breath. Put your cell phone away. Let your heart slow down. Let God take care of the world. 
or in the words of this ancient song before us today, be still and know that I am God.